The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. There are many people who are very worried about whether they have committed the unpardonable sin. Have you ever heard of this? Is there a sin that God cannot or has decreed that He will not forgive? What does it mean to blaspheme the Holy Spirit? Good day to you. Glad you've joined us here on Grace in Focus. This is the radio broadcast and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. Thank you for being here today. Learn more about the Grace Evangelical Society by going to our website, faithalone.org. We have thousands of free articles there about the free grace position, and you'll find the information you're looking for right there on our website, faithalone.org. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what station you're listening to or where you listen to us. Just email us and say hello, radio at faithalone.org. Now with today's question and answer discussion, here's Bob Wilkin along with Ken Yates. We appreciate all these questions. And, and here's another one that comes up occasionally, and this is by John. He's asking about the unforgivable, or we might call it the unpardonable sin, right? right. I mean, that's the way it's normally stated. Right. And... He's basically saying, what is that, and can only an unsaved person do it because of a hardened heart? And so how are we going to address this particular issue? Okay, first off, I do have an article on this. If you go to faithalone.org and just you know punch in unforgivable sin or unpardonable sin, you'll find the article. And basically what I say in the article is that This is not someone who happens to use the Holy Spirit's name in vain. You know, people use Jesus' name in vain all the time or God the Father's name in vain, but rarely do people, you know, use the Holy Spirit's name in vain. In fact, people don't even know what it means to be in vain. To be in vain just means you're using it as a throwaway line, right? Right. It does. It's, it's it's empty. It's, it's like em- yeah. Right. Yeah. Even when people, when I was growing up, they used. To, if you said something, people would say, "Honest to God," and you were supposed to say, "Yeah, honest to God." Well, that's empty. That's that's really you know. We're told in Scripture we're not to swear by the altar or by this or that. Our, our yes is to be yes, our no is to be no. So. I argue in the article that this isn't saying something negative about the Holy Spirit. What it is, maybe you could read it in Mark. Yeah, it it occurs in more than one place, but it it occurs in Mark chapter 3, and I'll just read three verses, verses 28 through 30. Jesus is talking, and he says, Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they may utter— But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. And then he says why Jesus said this. Because they said, he, Jesus, has an unclean spirit. All right. So this is in the Mark passage. Okay. So they're saying that the works he's doing are not being the works of God, not by the power of God, But they're the works of Satan, right? right? By the power of Satan. Yes, they are. And that's called the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. They are saying that, because right before this, as Bob points out, we see that the religious leaders are accusing Jesus of being able to cast out demons because he's empowered by Satan. And we know in the Gospels, the Gospels really emphasize the fact 
that Jesus carries on his ministry through the power of the Spirit. He begins his his ministry with the baptism, his baptism, and the Spirit comes upon him in the form of a dove, which symbolizes that now he's coming to the nation in that power. And so Jesus has been performing these miracles. It's obviously by the Holy Spirit. He's casting out demons, but they go, ah, well, how's he able to do these things? Well, he can only, he's obviously got supernatural power. It's either through It's Satan, coming from somebody. That's right. It's, it's not human ability to do this. So it's either Satan or the Holy Spirit. And they say Satan is doing this. Well, I would say Satan or God because mm-hmm. yes. many Jewish mm-hmm. people didn't even, I mean, many, almost right. all did not believe in the Holy Spirit. Sure, sure. Because they weren't Trinitarian. Right. They were, mo- well, not modalists. <laughs> they were simply monotheists, believing there's one God, one person. Right. And Jesus isn't God, and the Holy Spirit isn't God. It's just God. So, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is not saying something negative about the Holy Spirit or even saying something negative about God. It's saying that the works of Jesus are the works of the devil, that right. he was demon possessed and he was doing the works of the devil. So one of the things I point out in this article is that is something which it's highly questionable someone can do today because Jesus isn't present today. We're not seeing his miracles being done today. So how can we attribute his miracles when he's not here doing those miracles? Right. Now, I suppose theoretically you could argue that if a person reads about his miracles in Scripture and says those are the works of the devil, that a person could be doing that. But the other point I make in the article is it's not clear that these people had already committed this sin, that this would be an ongoing situation. However, you took a different spin, and I want you to say, how were you looking at this? Well, I remember reading somebody, and I can't remember who it was, but they were they pointed out that these verbs are in the present tense, verse 29. He who blasphemed against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness but is subject to eternal condemnation. And I thought they made a good point that what he's talking about is in this state, these religious leaders are in a state of unbelief. They don't believe Jesus is the Christ. They are attributing his works to Satan. They do not obviously believe in him for eternal life. And as long as they do that, they cannot have forgiveness. So you're saying this is like John three eighteen. Mm-hmm where the one who does not believe in him is condemned already. Right. He's in a state of condemnation. It doesn't mean he can't escape that state. And that's important because almost when people, like even the question that John asks, he seems to be implying, well, this is an unforgivable sin. So if I've committed this once and I want to believe later, and I know we've all heard this, we hear people say, well, I'd like to believe, but I blaspheme the Holy Spirit so I can't be saved. It's coming. It'll be here before you know it. What am I talking about? The Grace Evangelical Society's National Conference 2024. It will take place May the 20th through the 23rd at Camp Copus, an absolutely beautiful campground in North Texas, right on the lake with lots of recreation, great food, a great place to stay, wonderful fellowship, and wonderful free grace Bible teaching. Information and online registration now at faithalone.org slash events. Come and join us, faithalone.org slash events. One of the things we can say for sure, and I said that in this article, 
is nobody can lose everlasting life because everlasting life is everlasting life. Jesus said, he who lives and believes in me shall never die and never die is emphatic. It means never die. Right. In John three sixteen, he says he'll never perish. That's emphatic. The same thing, he'll never hunger, he'll never thirst, John six thirty five. He'll never be cast out, John six thirty seven. So one thing we know for sure, John, is that if a believer were to somehow attribute the works of Jesus to the works of Satan, right. then he would still have everlasting life. That's right. He's not uh, saying that, right. Because Jesus isn't talking about that person. And the other question, which is, can a person even do this today? That's a live question. I'm inclined to know, because Jesus is not present here. And that was something for the first century. But taking it your way, which I'm intrigued by, it's saying that's the state they're in. Yes. They're liable to eternal condemnation or eternal judgment. And they're currently in an unforgiven state, but this state can be reversed by coming to faith in Jesus for everlasting life. And I would say that some of these guys may very well have done that because we find out later in Acts that many of the religious leaders did believe in him after the resurrection. Yeah, that's right. And (laughs) of course, you have in Acts chapter 2, they say, what shall we do? Because they realized they were guilty of crucifying the Messiah and saying his blood be on our hands. Yes. Yeah, so if some of these guys who were attributing the works of Jesus to Satan after the resurrection, some of them believed and so, they would have had eternal life. So I like your view. So you need to write this up. You'll be seeing this in a future magazine, y'all. But I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense in that this is parallel to John three eighteen. John 3.36 also, and the idea that when a person is unbelief, they're in a state of condemnation. And basically, this is illustrating that. And of course, they're unforgiven as well, because we know from Acts 10.43 that when a person believes, they receive the forgiveness of sins. And these are obviously unbelievers here. Right. And so they, it doesn't say they can never be forgiven, which is the way people say it. But they have no forgiveness. I'm serious. You need to write this up. And so... This is a good one. To go to John's question, I'm sure that the background of that question is, can an unbeliever do this? I I remember as a... I think he said, can a believer do this? Well, let's see. Well, how can it be if only unsaved people who have hardened hearts could get this in? So, yeah, he might be implying, can a believer do this then? Yeah. And he he's not clear here on this. But But let us say... If you are a believer, if you have ever believed in Jesus for eternal life, you cannot look at this verse and say, oh, well, maybe I'd blaspheme the Holy Spirit some way, and now I've lost my salvation. I get emails from people like that all the time. Right? Maybe they use the Holy Spirit's name in vain, or maybe they said something about Jesus' works being the works of Satan or whatever. John 5, 24, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me, present tense, has everlasting life. Future tense, shall not come into judgment, that is condemnation, but is passed from death into life. Shall not come into judgment means no believer is going to be judged at the great white throne judgment. We won't be judged there. Now, you have a video, which I just saw, in which you discuss, will believers be witnesses at the great white throne judgment? I think we will. Yes. So I stopped short of saying, I almost said, we won't be there, but I think we will be there. Right. But we won't be judged there. We'll be witnesses to it. Yeah. And for any unbeliever here, if anybody, this is the first time you've ever heard that you believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life and you have it, do not 
say, oh, well, that doesn't apply to me because I, I blaspheme the Holy yeah. Spirit. And I've had people in the chaplaincy tell me that. You know, yeah, hey, you were a military chaplain, what, 21 years or right. 22 years or something? I had soldiers, for example, that were in the Sinai, and they go, man, we were out in the Sinai in the desert, and we, we did satanic rituals out there, you know. I'm talking about 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. Yeah. And they'll say, well, because I did that, I can never be saved. And, and go, you clear it up. Oh, sure. And in the Gospel of John, he who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Right. So it's not like I come to Jesus in faith. Oh, oh I'm sorry. 20 years ago, you did this. Right. You said this against the Holy Spirit, so you can't be saved. However, you're going to understand these passages. It's not saying that. Right. Anyone who believes in Jesus Christ has eternal life. Yeah. And that's good news. And wonderful news. And it is a message of grace. And remember, keep, keep grace, grace in, in focus. focus. Be our guest and subscribe to our 48-page magazine, six issues per year, also called Grace in Focus. It's free by emailing your name and snail mail address to ges at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. Maybe you've got a question or comment or feedback. If so, please send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. And when you do, please make sure your question is as succinct and clear as possible. That would be a great big help. On the next episode, Can Unbelievers Do Miracles in Jesus' Name? Please join us for that episode. And until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.